Hello, this is Patrick, and you are tuned in to We Live on a Planet. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. This is episode 563 that I'm building right now. I'm titling this one Strength. And the reason why is because of the quote that we have today that we'll be hearing when we come back. But let me give you the temperature. It's 60 degrees currently. Fahrenheit feels like 61 degrees Fahrenheit highs today are going to be about 73 degrees winds are out of the west at 12 miles per hour and then it looks like we have a stretch of some days without rain we just had quite a bit of rain here in central New York and I got all caught up on the yard work and my yard needs to be mowed again all right stick around when we come back we'll dive into the quote like I said, this is episode 563, and you're tuned in to We Live on a Planet, and I'm glad that you are. Stick around. We'll be right back. Just like that, we are back. All right, here's our quote. Your strength doesn't come from winning. It comes from struggles and hardship. Everything you go through prepares you for the next level. Germany, Kent. How true is that? Your strength doesn't come from winning. It comes from struggles and hardship. Everything you go through prepares you for the next level. All right. As you can tell, I'm trying, I'm just want to uh, be completely talking normal. I'm trying to pick my temple up a little bit. Um, I have 563 episodes while this is give or take 563. And I am a quick talker in real life. I talk very fast and it's hard to keep up with me sometimes. And what I do here on the show is I try to slow myself down so you can keep up and everything like that. But what I found was when my wife listens back to my podcast, cause she's a listener. So thank you much. Thank you much. Thank you very much, Kimberly, for listening. We appreciate you tuning in, even though you have to listen to me all day long you still tune in. So that is fantastic. But when she listens on Apple Podcasts, she speeds it up one time faster. And when I'm hearing it from sometimes when I hear her playing it, it sounds like normal to me. And when I'm listening to all my other podcasts, I, I sound pretty slow. I'm talking kind of like this. I'm trying to be calm. And I am calm, but I talk quickly. And so I'm just trying to pick up the tempo, talk like I normally do, which is fast. Like I said, when she listens, she listens to it on that. So so try to keep up with me on this episode. Maybe you already speed it up. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But there's a lot of people who listen to podcasts. I think they said that is it 40% of Americans listen to podcasts now? Something crazy like that. It's really, really gone up a lot. Damn. Yeah, absolutely. So I had my last dive of the season this past weekend. Went about 90 feet, and I had equalization issues in my early into my dive, equalization of pressure of my ears. Um, but I continued, and I thought I cleared my sinuses, and but I was still feeling slight pain. And 
when I surfaced, I had a bloody nose. Yeah. <laughs> I looked it up, and um, there's a name for it. I'll tell you what it is and later on in the show. But my brother-in-law, my scuba buddy, Jason, kept his cool with me and didn't freak me out because it was at our safety stop, our three-minute safety stop, that he noticed my nose was bleeding in my mask, and... I realized that we still had more air and we could have stayed down a little bit longer just at a shallower level to blow off some of our air. And I'm looking at him and I'm telling him, hey, we can stay. Well, you can't talk, but I'm giving him the signals. But he's giving me the signal that we need to surface. And I'm kind of like confused, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, if you want to come up, maybe he's having issues. And as soon as I get to the surface, my mask, the nose of it had blood in it and everything. And he's like, dude, you have a bloody nose. And everybody on the boat's like, yeah, you got a bloody nose. They gave me something to uh, just stop the bleeding, you know, just a paper towel. And it didn't bleed profusely or anything like that. But it is a really common, common injury for scuba diving. And... Um, the word of it, uh, what is the name of that when you have, hold on, let me, let me find it. All right, come on. All right, I'll pull it up, and when I come back from the break, I'll let you know what it is that I went through. So stick around. We'll be right back. Now's the time of the show when I ask you a favor. Have you subscribed yet or left a review? If you haven't, could you do that for me? It would really help out the show. Also, tell a friend about We Live on a Planet, and don't forget about my website, WLOAP.com. From there, you can reach me and be a part of the show. I would love to hear from you. And we're back. Thank you. All right. I was able to pull up on Google what it is the issue that I had from scuba diving, and it is called sinobarotraumas are among the most common diving issues. When the paranasal sinus fails to equalize to barometric changes during vertical travel, damage to the sinuses can cause sharp, fractal pain with post-nasal drip or a nosebleed after surfacing. And it is, like I said, very common, but I hope it's not going to be an issue for me in the future because what's happening right now is I everything is muffled. Damn. Yeah. Uh, and I can't... It happened... My last dive, or the dive before when I went to about 113 feet and saw the prop of the shipwreck key storm that I dive on in St. Lawrence River. And from there, like days later, I felt like one of my ears, my right ear was clogged and I, I could, I was talking different and you could hear it in my voice. My wife's like, yeah, you sound clogged and I wasn't having any pain or anything. 
and but my ears weren't like equalizing on my normal daily going and so when I went to dive just this past weekend I was kind of concerned about my ear issue and so as soon as I started my dive like I said I ran into issues early into the dive and we went about 90 feet and I should have listened to my body I really should have listened to my body and I'm trained to know that if you can't equalize then you turn the dive and you surface but I thought I did and it could have been so much worse I really realized that it could have been worse and I learned a lot I didn't have any fractal problems and I, I'm not in any pain but I just feel muffled everything is muffled and every time I try to clear my eustachian tubes like you normally would you know how when you're on an airplane or going up a hill or down a hill if you tilt your head back and plug your nose and slightly blow through your nose as you're plugging it from side to side that clears your eustachian tubes well what's happening is i'm doing that and it will clear and then as soon as it clears it goes right back in so it's it's crazy so jumping topics i can't believe we just had uh, 21 years since 9-11, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I was 31 years old, and uh, the world changed that day. I remember I was at work early that day, and I was in my office, and somebody came into the, the area I was at and said, hey, there's a, um, a plane just hit the World Trade Center. And I instantly thought like a little Piper Cub or a Learjet or something like that. So I went into where a TV was and there's uh, customers in there waiting and everything like that. And I'm asking them, what happened? What happened? And they're like, yeah, plane hit. And I'm like, well, what kind of plane? And they're like, I don't know. You know, it's not really sure yet. And as we're watching it, next thing you know, the second plane comes and hits. And I saw it live and I just, I couldn't believe what it I couldn't comprehend that it, what I saw was real. And uh, just like how my mom remembers where she was when Kennedy was shot, I remember right where I was for 9-11 and all that. So like I said earlier, uh, I'm moving, changing topics again. Um, my thoughts, though, are with everybody that was lost and the family members and the first responders and everybody who are still affected today by it. Yeah, it was a sad day in our American history. Sad day in the world. And then also the Queen just recently passed away. Unbelievable that we have a king now. Or not we, but Britain has a king. In my whole lifetime, it's always been a queen. She became queen at 21. How? What a responsibility. And she was a remarkable woman. All right, got my yard work done, like I said, so that's good the other day. And I bagged it and everything, so it came out really looking sharp. As long as the grass dries today well enough, I'm going to do the yard today. If not today, tomorrow for sure. Stick around. When we come back. We're going to ramble a little bit more. We'll be right back. Thank you for stopping back over. So... 
in some sad news before I dive into some other things, some sad news. Yeah. Um, it's, I don't even know how to approach it or say it, but just to, to say it, a dear podcasting friend of mine who I've known for my whole podcasting career and has been a fan of the show and followed the show and called into the show plenty of times, sadly is no longer with us and passed away. His name was Richard Campbell, a.k.a. Cybershots. And I'm fortunate enough that I have three voice messages from him that I saved and I can listen to. And I'd like to share one of those with you right now um, of Richard Campbell, a.k.a. Cybershots, a.k.a. Venus Flytrap. That was our standing joke. I was Johnny Fever. He was Venus Flytrap. I'm sadly never physically got to meet him, but I feel like I knew him. He was only 53 years old. I'm 52. He was one years older than me. Um, he was about to turn 54. So rest in peace, my friend Richard, a.k.a. Cybershots. Let's uh, just take a moment to listen to Richard's voicemail, one of the voicemails that he left for me. Here we go. Grand Rising. Patrick, what's going on? A.K.A. Johnny Fever. This is Venus Flytrap checking in, man. Just running through my favorite Monday podcast to get me through this Monday workday, and I always enjoy We Live on the Planet. Check it out, man. I'm looking forward to hearing some more of them garage band beats, man. But yeah, digging the show as always. Continue to do your thing, my friend, and have a great day, you and your lovely wife. All right? Peace. Uh, I'm so fortunate to have that still, the sound of Cybershots, Mr. Campbell, being able to speak to me so kindly. He always had such kind words. He was very supportive, always encouraging me. And uh, we just... We hit it off, and yeah, it's a sad, sad thing. You know, life is, we always feel like tomorrow is a given. We always feel that, you know. We are constantly planning for the future and constantly doing whatever, and we just never know. And I don't know what happened to him. I don't know the details or anything. Um... I just know he's no longer with us, but he's here with us forever in memory. And he made more podcast episodes than I have out there. So I'm thankful for that, that his friends and family that knew him very well have that, and they can listen to him at any time. And that's one of the things I've said about here at We Live on a Planet, one of the reasons why I'm doing this is I'm leaving an archive for future generations, hence me telling the date and the temperature and all that kind of stuff. Because in another hundred years, somebody might stumble upon this. Or once I'm gone, my kids can listen to it and my grandchildren, if I ever have grandchildren, can listen to it. So, so yeah. Yeah, rest in peace, Richard. Oh, you were a really good man. All right, stick around when we come back. We'll try to uh, 
lighting things back up here at We Live on a Planet. We'll be right back. Access granted. All right. So I've been thinking about maybe getting 10 shirts made with my QR code on it. A buddy of mine from high school, he has a place, a graphic shop. He did the graphics for the car that I sponsored last season. And then I sponsored it this season. But the um, Jeff Sharkey had a somebody, a friend of his, make graphics for the car, which was really awesome of Jeff. Um, and like, speaking of Jeff, I do, I've said before, I, I've got to contact him so I can get him on the show so he can tell us how his race season went. But I'm thinking about getting them made with just white a white V-neck T-shirt with the black QR code. At first I was thinking about it on the front, and now I'm thinking about it, I want it on the back of my shirt. So, yeah, I just got to find out if my buddy would do an order that small. Ten shirts is kind of a small order to do, but um, I'd rather give him the business than those big box places. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's learn something. I've been just rambling, but uh, I like to, to get some wrinkles on my brain, and I like to share those wrinkles with you and so you can get wrinkles and convolutions on your brain that squishy gray matter of ours all right did you know up to 50 percent of the water in your drinking glass was created over 4.5 billion with a b years ago which means about half of the earth's water is older than our entire solar system including the sun. Damn! Yeah, and that was a pretty loud damn. Little wrinkle on our brain. All right. I also want to do word of the day, and we'll see if it, last time it wasn't playing through my Bluetooth, we'll see if it plays through this side. Broadside. Okay, let's try that one more time. Broadside. Broadside, it's a noun. What it means, the word broadside most often refers to a very strong and harsh spoken or written attack, but it has other meanings as well. Among them, an attack by a ship in which all the guns on one side of the ship are fired together. Here is an example. Although the freshman representative knew his decision was bound to be unpopular, she was taken aback by the broadside level at her by her hometown newspaper's editorial page. Broadside. A noun. B R O. B-R-O-A-D-S-I-D-E. So the English language is tricky because, like I said, it has other meanings. You know, there's... I'm fortunate I was able to learn it at a young age. <laughs> but I know that anybody else that tries to learn English, they say it's one of the hardest languages to learn. I can just think of just so many words that 
the way they're spelt Polish and Polish. They're spelt the same, but we know the difference. And then we have there, there, and there. Three different spellings of there. It's tricky. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. What else were we going to do? How about we head on over to either the History Channel or the Fact Site, and we'll do that when we come back. Stick around. Access granted. All right. So I've been thinking about maybe getting 10 shirts made with my QR code on it. A buddy of mine from high school, he has a place, a graphic shop. He did the graphics for the car that I sponsored last season. And then I sponsored it this season. But the um, Jeff Sharkey had a somebody, a friend of his, make graphics for the car, which was really awesome of Jeff. Um, and like, speaking of Jeff, I do, I've said before, I, I've got to contact him so I can get him on the show so he can tell us how his race season went. But I'm thinking about getting them made with just white a white V-neck T-shirt with the black QR code. At first, I was thinking about it on the front, and now I'm thinking about I want it on the back of my shirt. So, yeah, I just got to find out if my buddy would do an order that small. Ten shirts is kind of a small order to do, but um, I'd rather give him the business than those big box places. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's learn something. I've been just rambling, but uh, I like to, to get some wrinkles on my brain, and I like to share those wrinkles with you and so you can get wrinkles and convolutions on your brain that squishy gray matter of ours all right did you know up to 50 percent of the water in your drinking glass was created over 4.5 billion with a b years ago which means about half of the earth's water is older than our entire solar system including the sun. Damn! Yeah, and that was a pretty loud damn. Little wrinkle in our brain. All right. I also want to do word of the day, and we'll see if it, last time it wasn't playing through my Bluetooth, we'll see if it plays through this side. Broadside. Okay, let's try that one more time. Broadside. Broadside, it's a noun. What it means, the word broadside most often refers to a very strong and harsh spoken or written attack, but it has other meanings as well. Among them, an attack by a ship in which all the guns on one side of the ship are fired together. Here is an example. Although the freshman representative knew his decision was bound to be unpopular, she was taken aback by the broadside level at her by her hometown newspaper's editorial page. Broadside. A noun. B R O. B R O A D S I D 
E. So the English language is tricky because, like I said, it has other meanings. You know, there's... I'm fortunate I was able to learn it at a young age, <laughs> but I know that anybody else that tries to learn English, they say it's one of the hardest languages to learn. I can just think of just so many words that the way they're spelt, Polish and Polish, they're spelt the same, but we know the difference. And then we have there, there, and there. Three different spellings of there. It's tricky. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. What else were we going to do? How about we head on over to either the History Channel or the Fact Site, and we'll do that when we come back. Stick around. So easy. We are back. All right. We are at the Fact Site. Hashtag the Fact Site. And uh, I was thinking about the hearing issues and my equilibrium issues. And uh, it brought me to, I don't know, is space completely silent? Just because I've been having hearing issues, I was like, let me look up something about hearing. It says, many of us have heard the expression that in space no one can hear you scream. Well, that's from the movie Alien. Alien. Like many others before you, you have simply accepted this as truth without thinking much more of the topic. Some may have even diverged further and learned that space is silent because sound cannot travel through a vacuum. Well, both of these things are true. Have you ever wondered why? To get to the bottom, we need to take a closer look at the science behind it all. So space is a vacuum, but what does that really mean? We all know the thing is called space, but what exactly is that? To put it simply, space is everything that you can find outside Earth's atmosphere. Despite being filled with stars, planets, asteroids, and so on, space is referred to as a vacuum. A vacuum technically means a space entirely devoid of matter. Inside a vacuum, there is absolutely nothing. No particles, no air, nothing. So how is space a vacuum? If there are so many cosmic bodies flinging, flinging through the night sky, well, turns out space isn't actually a true vacuum. It refers to as such for convenience, as space is such a large place that the vast majority of it actually is a vacuum. So how does sound travel anyways, and why can't it travel through space? Like light, sound travels in waves. Unlike light waves, however, sound waves are referred to as mechanical waves. In the case of sound waves, these mechanical waves come in the form of a vibration wave that transport energy as they move from one place to another. This wave has to travel through what we call a medium, which is, in this case, through particles. Let's look at an example to make it a little clearer. If you play a string on a violin, the string vibrates. The initial vibrate, vibration creates a chain reaction in the particles around it in a way not too dis dissimilar to the ripple, in a way not too dissimilar to the ripple from a pebble dropped in a pond. 
Each particle affected then transfers the vibrations onto those around it, transferring energy. The further the sound wave travels, the weaker the vibration becomes. This happens until sound waves cease to exist, due to a small amount of energy being lost in each transfer between particles. So, for sound to travel, we need particles. These particles can be made of a whole range of things, including water, gas, liquid, or even solids. Sounds cannot travel through space, though, as it is a vacuum. If you played a guitar in space, you wouldn't hear it. There are no particles in enormous gaps or nothing less between cosmic bodies and space to vibrate, and thus the initial vibration of the guitar string wouldn't have anything to transfer to, and no one would ever hear it. So in sci-fi movies, like all of the laser sounds and everything like that, you wouldn't hear any of it, but how boring would a sci-fi movie be if you didn't have all those groovy sound effects? So how can space be silent if it's not a true vacuum? While the vast majority of space is a vacuum and thus completely silent, there are still some areas that sound can be heard. But wait, doesn't this go against everything that I've said so far? Well, not quite. Throughout the universe, clouds of dust and gas can be found. They can be the remains of long dead stars or even regions where matter is being pulled together to form a new one. In these space-faring clouds, it is possible for the gas and dust to become clustered and thus dense. What that means is that it actually is possible for there to be enough particles close enough together for sound to occur and even travel a small distance. An example of where sound in space occurs is within a black holes but unfortunately, it's humanly impossible to hear. The sound was first recorded in 2003 at NASA's Chandler X Observatory, and it came from the Perseus galaxy over 250 million light years away. The sound was measured to be a B-flat, but at a frequency billions of times lower than physically possible for humans to hear. Okay, so wait. Is space completely silent or not? <laughs> well, space is more silent than you could ever imagine. It's not completely devoid of sound. Sound waves cannot travel through space, but there are some intensely, what is it? In, infinitesimally small regions where sound can exist under very specific conditions. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right. Thank you for stopping back. And thank you so much for sticking with me for all these years. If you've been a longtime listener, if you're new to the show, just letting you know, this is always unscripted, unedited, one and done. So if I make a mistake, I just go with it. It's okay. Life's not perfect. I'm not perfect. Uh, I'm not trying to be an influencer or anything like that. I'm just trying to get my thoughts out there. I'm practicing my thought process along the way. It helps me mentally. It's a good mental outlet to come out and talk to you and to have this creative juice. All right, here we go. We are at the History Channel's website. 
On this day in 1814, Francis Scott Key pens the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, it was originally a poem, and then it was turned into music. You can learn more about that, like anything that I'm going to be telling you. Right now, we are just kind of skimming the waters. Sports, 1994 Major League Baseball cancels playoffs and World Series. For the first time since 1904. Wow. Here's one for the American Civil War, 1862. North and South clash at the Battle of South Mountain. That's Maryland, South Mountain, Maryland's. All right. 21st century, 2015. Muslim team arrested, teen arrested for bringing reassembled Glock to school. A 14-year-old Muslim boy is arrested at his high school in Irvine, Texas after a digital, oh, a digital clock he had reassembled at his home using a pencil case was mistaken by his teacher to be a bomb. Not a Glock, a clock. Oh boy, I wonder if there was a lawsuit on that one. Mexican-American War. 1847, General Winfield Scott captured Mexico City. When I used to do a historical interpretation at Fort Ontario, I would dress in Mexican-American war uniform, and it is like Smurf blue with white leathers. All right, France. 1812, Napoleon enters Moscow. All right, religion. 1975, Elizabeth Ann Satin becomes the first American-born saint. Born in New York City. Wait a minute. Yeah, born in New York City in 1774. Elizabeth Bear was the daughter of an Escapulian physician. All right. U.S. Presidents, 1901, President McKinley dies of infection from a gunshot wound. He was uh, shot in Buffalo, New York, I believe. Art, literature, and film history, 1946, John Sturbach's Award for Medal of Freedom. Awarded for Medal of Freedom, excuse me. Art, literature, and film history. 1982, Hollywood star and real-life princess Grace Kelly dies. I remember Grace Kelly. Oh, here's one. Natural disaster and environment. Wow, this was back in 1999? Seems like it was way sooner, but millions flee from Hurricane Floyd. Hurricane Floyd was bad. Art, literature, and film history. 1974, I shot the sheriff. It's the song charts. I Shot the Sheriff hits number one on the musical charts. While the song had been written by reggae legend Bob Marley the previous year, it was Eric Clapton's version that ascended to the top of the charts. I saw Eric Clapton in concert, and it was fantastic. 2004. Cold War. 2004 is when I saw him. Uh, here's one. Cold War 1959, Soviets probe reaches the moon. 
And then that is it for this day of history on the History Channel's website. Got another little, little wrinkle on our brain. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. Thank you once again for your time, the most valuable gift you could ever give me. I appreciate it so much. This was a fun episode. Sad, though, too, saying goodbye to Mr. Campbell, a.k.a. Cybershots. You will be missed. The show will miss you. I'll miss you. What else was I going to say? Be sure to tell a friend about We Live on a Planet. Head on over to my website, WLOAP.com. From there, you can leave me a voice message. If you're using the Anchor app, you can leave me a voice message through the Anchor app. I would love to play it on air. And I feel like there was one more thing that I was supposed to tell you or going to tell you, and I can't remember what it is. So maybe if it comes to me, I will tell you next episode. Oh, yeah, I, I remember the music that you heard at the beginning and end, if it's your first time tuning in, is custom, one-of-a-kind music that a friend of mine, Mike in Georgia, wrote, composed, and played every instrument to. So how groovy is that? Yeah. Thanks, Mike. I think that wraps up our show. Do your best to stay curious and not judgmental. The best you can. And I'll talk to you again real soon, my friends. Peace.